It's the Cranky Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Perpignan away trip. My name's Alan Deegan and with me tonight is Daniel Deegan. Hi, how you doing? No William today. William is off preparing for the trip and you know he's our producer and does all the hard work in the background to make sure that the trips are successful. But earlier on today, he was in the sports ground and caught up with forwards coach Jimmy Duffy and upcoming second row star Gavin Thornbury. Jimmy, you've had a little bit of time to digest the performance on Saturday. Was there a little bit of disappointment maybe that the bonus point didn't come? Well, look, we would be disappointed, obviously, but um, I think when you have conditions like that, I think at one stage they're uh, accustomed to wind up to 48 miles an hour, so um, really difficult conditions to play in. Um, so delighted with the win, but yeah, it would have been nice to, to get that extra point, but uh, unfortunately the, the weather didn't uh, accommodate us. And going in now to the weekend, I suppose there's 15 points up for grabs in the final three games. You're going to, Connacht are going to have to win all three, aren't they? I'd say so. Well, look, number one for us is it's going to be a big weekend in Perpignan. Um, obviously, they're a club legend there who's unfortunately lost his life uh, last week, which is going to be a, a big, big, big occasion for them. Um, for us, it's just about kind of concentrating on what we can do, um, go over there and, and put our best foot forward. and Really look forward to the challenge. They're going to be physical at home um, and they're a passionate club and, and, and a club with a lot of history. So we know it's going to be a really, really tough challenge for us. It's going to be an interesting challenge. It struck me watching them against Sale early on in the season that they they did kind of get a bit overexcited. They overplayed a bit. Is, there, is that a good opportunity if they, because of the events, if they actually just become overexcited that Connacht could seize that and, and actually pick up on some of the mistakes that might happen? Well, look, for us, it's about being accurate. I thought um, on the weekend, we it was difficult, but uh, we were pretty pleased with, with certain portions of the game, uh, particularly with, with the elements being as challenging as they were. Um, for us, look, these are a good side, and we watched them closely. I was against Toulouse twice and Toulon. Um, and obviously having, having the benefit of playing against them on the weekend. Um, look, we know there's quality individuals in that side, and, and uh, when they click, they're very, very dangerous. So for about us, it's about being accurate and, and taking those opportunities. Um, we created some on the weekend. We didn't capitalise as much as we'd like to in the first half, but uh, we finally got that, that, that third one in the end, and, um, which just showed you know we're, we're, we're in the right place. Are you a little surprised by how hard they kept working, even though when the, there wasn't an awful lot in that game maybe for them? I, I was impressed by the fact that they... They just kept going in what were very alien conditions for them. Look, not really. No, to be honest, I don't think I don't think it, uh, a side as what is stoked in history as as Perpignan are that, that you think they're going to lie down. They're definitely not. Um, and any side that comes out of Pro D two, which is a really tough league to uh, get promoted out of, um, they're going to be a challenge. And, and they're a club with a lot of history and a lot of talent. So. Um, look, we knew it was going to be an eighty-minute game as we do every week. Um, but but no, not surprised at all. To be honest. Looking at some of the younger players that uh, came through, Kieran Joyce in the centre, uh, Joe Maximu getting a start. Uh, were you happy with the way they went? Yeah, look, it's 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 like any else. It's it's going to be a tough a tough period through the Christmas. You have Europe, Europe, and then you have three interpros followed by two Europes again, and then you're back into Pro 14. So, look, your squad depth is definitely going to be challenged. So for us, it was uh, it was crucial those guys get some minutes because. Um, they're going to be called on throughout the season and, and uh, you only get better with exposure. So, um, look, those guys did really well and, as I say again, in really challenging conditions. 
Is there any thought being given maybe to looking for a scrum half medical injury? Joker, we're down to two, and Caelan Blades made a big difference when he came on, I felt, on Saturday, but he can't start every game. I mean, you, you do need that bit of depth here, but Connacht might be a little bit short. Yeah, look, we're, we're actively looking at the moment, um, so we're exploring some options there. So uh, the guys that are there are in good spirits and they're fit, um, and the ones that aren't, obviously, we're trying to, trying to get back in. But, yeah, we're, we're exploring some options at the moment. And for this weekend, are we likely to see some more changes and maybe some of the guys that were on the bench coming through, maybe starting? It's rotating more in this 23 and the likes of Quinn Rue, maybe Bundyaki will be gone. Quinn might drop out, maybe Finley will drop out. I mean, it's their minutes will have to be managed. Look, that's that's probably the big area we put focus on this year is that we can uh, ensure that everybody in the squad is, is, is ready and able to do the job. So you, you only find that out by people playing. So um, we're going to pick a strong side, obviously, for the weekend. Um, who's in or who's out, we'll, we'll decide that and we see how after training goes this afternoon. Um, but look, everybody that's fit is available for selection and, uh, and, and we have every faith in the guys that are selected that will and can be able to do the job. I was... Any any other further injuries come up from the weekend, or did everybody come through okay? No, just the usual bumps and bruises. As I say, it was it was really attritional. You're going to have. Um I'm not sure you guys probably even saw it on the sideline. I've never seen the rain bounce off the floor and come upwards, uh, which I spoke to the French uh, French guys afterwards. They were saying they'd never seen rain like that before. So, um, look, it was a, a bit of a culture shock even for our boys, um, especially some of the, the outside backs there. They looked in, uh, in, in dire, dire need at some stages, you know. Certainly some of the worst conditions I've ever seen. I'm coming here a long time. I've, I've seen games played in the rain, but to see a game where, as you say, the rain was, was bouncing back up again... I have to say the pitch actually has remained in remarkably good condition. Oh look, I think uh, Dave and, and, and Kenneth and and, uh, and Sean there did a phenomenal job, you know, week in week out. So um, especially when when it does come down like that, it looked brilliant on the weekend. And uh, certainly the surface didn't detract from the from the spectacle, which is a credit to the boys. Gavin, you've had a bit of chance to reflect on Saturday a game played in bizarre conditions at times. So what's the general feeling around the camp when you look at the win? Yeah, no, like, I think we're very happy to win. Like, as I say, it was a very tough condition that time. It's time playing, I think, to find out a win like that, was, um, we're very happy with. Is there anything particular that you're looking to improve? I mean, it was, it was hard to even keep your accuracy in those. I mean, it's, that's, it's almost impossible to analyse that. Yeah, no, it was. Um, I think we're lucky. Like we, we want to be as accurate as possible and in conditions is obviously very tough like um, but I think um, this week we're getting we're looking at just going back to it now and going back to being doing our, the small details small things really well like so um, that's what we, we will look at again like but I think we were just happy to get the win last week like in those conditions you just you just got to try grind it out and I think the boys did that really really well were they as physical as you expected them to be? Massively so. Like, yeah, I think uh, you always know the French French are going to be physical, and they were, and they came. And they, I think they embraced the conditions and really went for it. And um, we were, um, like, we did feel the physical side of it. But um, I think we got the exact same this week. Um, again, it's going to be a big physical challenge, and we've got to, we've got to rise and meet that. William talks about, you know, I was talking to Gavin there about the, the size of these guys, but, you know, I I have issues with, we keep hearing about the opposition and their size of them. Connacht these days, and certainly Ireland when they're playing international, are as big, if not bigger, than most teams out there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, uh, to be honest, you can kind of look at any team really these days and everyone kind of has a, a set kind of a, a physicality. Most back rows are 
100 kgs to maybe 110 depending on how big and second rows are probably 105 to 115 and your your front row can be seriously heavy especially in france like they would they would be actually a small team in france um but i think if we looked at the stats that um we matched them like for like really maybe one or two guys heavier than others but there wasn't that big of a difference, so you know it, it. It I think it's a bit easy for Thornbury to mention that you know they were big guys. When you consider how big he is, <laughs> <laughs> he's not exactly a shrinking violet, I have to say. Um, and I suppose the weather did did impact the you know the way the game is played. Looks like this weekend is going to be um, much more conducive to a running running style game, a running style game, but. Um, for them, it seemed to it seemed to boost them a little bit, even though the weather was awful. They've they've struggled all season, and it it might have brought us down a level, a, a point or two, which which helped them. Well, in that weather, you know, uh, it kind of brings everyone down. No one can play this flashy rugby unless you're the best of the best. And like even New Zealand will struggle to play flashy rugby in that kind of weather. You know, it really brings you to, everyone down to the same level. I used to love it. Because uh, I'm a back row and I'm not very quickly quick, and uh, you know I loved seeing that because wingers couldn't run around you; they had to run at you. <laughs> and I much prefer that, but it, it's definitely a leveler. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Okay, what we're going to do now? We're going to move on um, quickly and, and talk about the results that we had in the the rest of the Challenge Cup and and how those results and the tables affected Connacht. In Pool One, Timisara 14, Claremont 47. In the other game, Northampton 48. Dragons 14. Okay, that leaves Claremont leading the table on 15 points with uh, the Saints on 10. Um, and just to mention the Dragons, we see that um, former Connacht player Bernard Jackman has um, parted company with the Dragons today after um, a pretty unsuccessful term there. Yeah, kind of strange call uh, mid-season. It'll be very tough for them to kind of pull anything from this at all. And I'd be interested to see who they'll bring in at such short notice. In Pool 2, Ospreys 51, Stadford City 20. Pau 21, Worcester 6. OK, that makes things interesting in Pool 2. Ospreys lead the way on 11 points, with Worcester Warriors two points behind and Pau only a further point back. So the results in the upcoming weekend will really uh, clarify the ongoings in that pool, which will have an effect on Connacht's chances of getting through as a as a best runner-up. Uh, pool 3, Connacht 22, Perpignan 10. Uh, Bordeaux, 24. Sale, 50. Yeah, it's a huge win for Sale. That's that's a big scoreline for Sale to kind of put down, you know. Really taking command of that pool. Certainly does. They're on 15 points. Um, with Connacht 7 points back on 8. All these, obviously, after 3 rounds. In Pool 4, uh, NSI, 14. Zebra, 31. Uh, Bristol, 22. La Rochelle, 35. Yeah, so Bristol aren't doing quite as well as um, Pat Lamb might have hoped. They're in third place on seven points, two behind Zebra, with La Rochelle running away with it, with three wins on 15 points, maximum score. And finally in Pool 5. Benetton, 26. Hardikins, 21. Uh, Grenoble, 22. And Agen, 15. That's, that's, you know, three games played in that. Benetton lead on 10 points. Grenoble in second on eight Harlequins have seven and Agen have five, so that's still all to play for in that pool. So the five pool leaders are Claremont, Ospreys, Sale, La Rochelle and Treviso. Currently, the three second-best placed teams are Northampton, Worcester and Zebra. Northampton on ten points, Worcester and Zebra on nine, and then you've got Connacht on eight alongside Grenoble. So still all to play for, um, but it's looking like an away quarter-final for Connacht. 
Yeah, sadly, <laughs> losing losing way to sale uh, and them getting that massive win at the weekend has kind of confirmed that they're going to finish uh, top of our pool and uh, kind of put us in a bit of a tougher spot. But still within our hands, you know. It still is. Three three wins from Connacht now could um, could change everything and, and keep them up there. So it's still all to play for in the Challenge Cup. And of course, the Champions Cup was on this weekend. How did the Irish sides get on, Danny? Uh, first up was Ulster. They played Scarlets. Ulster were 25, Scarlets 24. That's a big win for them. Um, we also had Leinster, who were away to Bath. Leinster were 17, Bath 10. And then finally, a massive win for Munster with, uh, against Cast. Uh, Munster with 30, Cast only 5. Yeah, yeah. That, um, Leinster struggled a bit and they're, they're still in second place. Uh, two points behind Toulouse. Uh, Munster lead their table three points ahead of Gloucester and six a point ahead of Cast, who they obviously play in France at the weekend. Could be an interesting game. And, and Ulster are right in the mix. They're four points behind Racing, but two home games to go. They could still have a possibility of winning that. They take big pride in anyone coming to Ravenhill and they'd, they'd be really targeting those two games. Thanks, Danny. We'll take a break. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. When Connacht took their break prior to their trip to South Africa, Andy Friend had a little bit of a holiday, as did many of the players, but he also attended the Sports Performance Summit at the Kia Oval Cricket Ground in London, and I caught up to ask him what the Sport Performance Summit was all about. Andy, you alluded to us after the Dragons match that you'd be having a few days away as part of the break, but then you'd be going to the Sports Performance Summit in London. Can you tell us what that is and how you found it? Yeah, it's a um, it's a summit that's been running now for probably eight to ten years, I believe. Um, it's run by an organisation called Leaders. Uh, it's held biannually. One event is normally in in London, which is the one I attended uh, Monday, Tuesday, and another one is quite often in New York, but I believe next year it's in Las Vegas. But uh, it's it's a two-day event where they get sporting uh, high-performance managers, coaches, CEOs, um, business people to attend, to, normally with a theme around uh, high-performance and uh, the latest trends that are happening within sport around the world. Um, so we had a lot of uh, different sports attended there. We had Canadians, Americans, Asians, Australians, uh, Kiwis, Irish, Welsh, the rest of it. So it was it was probably a, a collection of 150 to 200 um, elite coaches uh, from around the world uh, in one area and listening to presentations on all sorts of topics, which was uh, quite fascinating. And from a, diff- a wide range of sports? Yeah, we had... Um, Oh, well, the, the attendees were from a wide range of sports, but uh, for example, we had John Longmire from the Sydney Swans uh, who opened the presentation and it closed with uh, with the head man from, um, from Red Bull um, uh, Formula One Grand Prix. So, uh, yeah, that sort of diversity. We had Cirque du Soleil were there. Uh, we had rugby league coaches. We had strength and conditioning coaches. We had 
ice hockey coaches, uh, presentations for all those types of people, and it was yeah, it was quite fascinating. And what do you get out of something like that? What are you what are you looking for when you, when you go to that? Well, yeah, I think one of our values here is we continually learn, and uh, you, you can never rest on your laurels there. So um, I went there with the intention of of trying to. Uh, develop my knowledge on the game and my knowledge on coaching and and dealing with uh, with a group of athletes and a group of staff um, and I picked a lot of good things up so uh, some of the things you pick up there it's it's a it's a reaffirmation of what you're doing that you're actually you're on track and things are going well um, there's normally a few little gems in there you think geez I haven't thought of that before and I can add that to it uh, and then there's often some stretching thoughts that you think mm, could we do it do we have the budget it would it fit our program not sure but it makes you go away and research and have a look at it so uh, and then you know as well as the, the lectures or the the presentations you've got um, ample opportunity in the at the start of the day middle of the day the end of the day to catch up with whoever you choose to because you know we're just there as a group of of non-competitive coaches just wanting to chew the fat basically and talk about your program or you know something was said here what did you think about that and we had um rfu had uh, myself and four other staff there um one from munster one from ulster uh, two from leinster and myself um welsh rugby had uh, a whole contingent of their uh, pro 14 coaches there um so again just good to, to chat with those guys and to, to see where they're at uh, the all blacks were rep- represented there um, so a lot of rugby people there too uh, but just a really good opportunity so just to to talk uh, sport and high performance and, and, and learn and develop and quite often what happens wh- when you sit in the head coaching chair you tend to be the one delivering a lot of information and you know, short of, of reading books or listening to podcasts um, or having your own conversations with your own coaches but it's, it's hard to get outside knowledge and outside information so that's the beauty of a, a, a summit like that. And just talking about the, 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 the coaching role um, as a head coach here how different is that to being, I know it's a hands-on role, but it's also a role where you, there's a lot of direction involved and there's a necessity to just give, to give people the opportunity to coach, but to put in leadership at different and, and very set times. Yeah, listen, it's a, it's a unique role, this one. So I was a head coach at um, uh, the Aussie Sevens, but uh, I was the only coach there too, so... Uh, I was you know, trying to create a culture, but doing all the on-field stuff. Um, we then appointed a, an assistant coach, manager, and and uh, and Hodge took over a chunk of that role, which was good. But here, you know, we're blessed with with some quality coaches, so and a lot bigger staff, playing personnel and staff than I had in the seven. So my my role here is uh, probably one removed from what I had there at the Aussie Sevens, less hands-on and more around building those relationships and building the culture and building the uh the mentor programs that we're, we're trying to get in place here and and uh you know trying to trying to build a, a phenomenal team which is our target it's a short turnaround this week for connacht playing on the the friday night um so we'll expect a few changes this week danny uh although we won't be seeing tom farrell who we believe um has picked up a knock um Bondiaki's gone back to New Zealand to get married, so there's there's definitely going to be changes in the centre. But Peter Robb, we believe, is is also still struggling with injury, so we're a bit light there. We're definitely light at scrum half. Um, I saw uh, Stephen Cairns walk by on on Saturday with a moon boot on. Robin Copeland hobbled by and crutches. 
Um, so the season had been so far been quite good for injuries, but they seem to be picking up a few. Um, who do you expect to see at the weekend? Uh, I think Kyle Godwin might come back into the into the starting team. You know, just he had a very good impact off the bench. Um, I'd be surprised if he didn't start him this weekend. Uh, um, I think Horowitz will stay at ten, but uh, I think we might see Jack on the bench just to kind of cover, just to make sure that he's still taking over. He's got a bit of a rest now. Um, I'd like to see uh, Mitchell stay at nine. You know, give him a proper chance. Last week it was very tough for any nine. You know, it'd be kind of harsh to kind of rate him on that. Um, you expect to see Maximu hold on to his place and maybe get joined by Gavin Thornbury? I'd like to see Maximu kind of stay. You know, um, it's good to see these guys getting a chance. Um, and it's, it seems like Friend is kind of using this uh, as a, a way of um, building depth in the squad. And you, there's nothing better than keeping a guy on the team two weeks in a row to kind of really build his confidence, um, especially for a young guy like Maximu that's just coming into the team. Yeah, James Connolly played well at the weekend. I thought he played well at the weekend, and with a bit of luck, he'll he'll do well and and get more game time. Yeah, I think I think that kind of game really suits James Connolly because he's a real workhorse. He he just he loves to break down and hitting guys. He he was just everywhere again, just doing the nice silent work that no one really pays attention to. Attention to, but he's the guy that lets the other guys do their do their thing, you know. Yeah, and I suppose from a Perpignan point of view, we don't really know too many of their players all that well, but there is one player that um, we assume might be playing at the weekend because he did he did play against Bordeaux um, in the last round, and that's Paddy Jackson. Um, so it'd be fascinating. I, I you know, I'm, I'm slightly worried about the weekend. I'm not sure we're necessarily going to get the win that we think we're going to get. I don't think it's going to be uh, that easy to get the win at the weekend. Uh, it's going to be a difficult game. Uh, we we heard their fans that came over, you know. And if they've got a fifteen thousand seater, I'm pretty sure they're going to be filling that out. Um, and that's going to be a very tough thing for the the players to deal with. They can be a bit rowdy, but um, also, you know, they're looking for their first home win. Uh, I think it was mentioned in the the weekend podcast. But it, there's nothing more dangerous than a team really on the like backs against the wall. You know, um, they're really going to push or something. Yeah, we know all about it. We we did it to Harlequins a few years back, a few years back, having lost fourteen, thirteen, or fourteen in a row. So yes, I'm slightly worried. I have to say, um, but the fixtures for this weekend in the Challenge Cup, Daniel. On Friday uh, at half six, Agen hosts Grenoble. At seven o'clock, Perpignan hosts Connacht, and at quarter to eight, Stade Francais uh, hosts the Ospreys. They're all Irish time. On Saturday, uh, Timisara. Uh, host Northampton at 12.30 at 1 o'clock Claremont Avern host the Dragons at 2 o'clock Harlequins host Benetton and the rest of the fixtures are all kicking off at 3 Zebra host NSI uh, Worcester Warriors host Pau Sale host Bordeaux and La Rochelle host Bristol Yes and your prediction of 10 points win was much better than Williams of 25 last week um, I had them at 11 got an extra bonus point in the Superbrew competition so good man there Dan Um what are your thoughts for this weekend? How do you think Connacht are going to do? I think the, the if we get a bit of dry weather, I think Connacht might be able to open up a bit. Um, and if we get a couple of good early scores, we might uh, put the heads down. These guys, uh, I predict maybe about a 15-point win. Wow, interesting. I'm still not decided whether we can win the game. I'll have to wait till I see the teams. In the Champions Cup, Daniel, what are the, what are the, the fixtures that the Irish folks are most interested in, the three Irish teams? Uh, on Friday at quarter to eight, Ulster hosts Scarlets. Um, on Saturday, 
both kicking off at 5.30. Leinster host Bath and Caster host Munster. Fascinating that they're both kicking off at the same time. It's very unusual to see that. Um, sure, some people will have fun trying to figure out which game they want to watch. One of the popular thing to do these days is have maybe TV, laptop, iPad, you know, all going at once. Yes, yes. William's a, a master at that. <laughs> Definitely a master at that. Okay, so to listen to Connacht on Friday night, you can tune in to Galway Bay FM. It's uh, 7 p.m. kickoff Irish time, 8 p.m. in France. It'll be live on Goa BFM. Rob Murphy will be on commentary with co-host William Davis. It might also be streamed live, like it was last Saturday, Daniel. Yeah, it's very handy. Uh, I was meant to be at the game, but was feeling a bit ill. And uh, thankfully, you'd noticed that uh, the Challenge Cup were were sending out streams. I found it very handy. I watched the stream with the the ref ref mic, but uh, I also had Rob on. Uh, you, you know, it's. I would agree most games are good with without commentators but uh, if you have a good commentator there's nothing better Oh Rob will be very pleased with you on that one well done Daniel we'll leave it there bye folks